Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hey, Legit Batters, we don't really do ads, but if you feel the need to support our dumb show, you can subscribe on Rockfin for all of our shows, plus bonus member shows, or on Patreon for audio versions. Oh my god, this sounds so scripted, it's terrible. No, read it like that the whole time. No, I can't. Yes, do it. Okay, or click on the affiliate link in the notes to support (laughs) awesome companies. I don't know who wrote these notes. Oh, yeah, it's me. If you don't feel like sending bullshit fiat currency to us, just share the show with a friend. Or give us a rating or review. You know, standard podcast shit. Actually, that could be said without the radio voice. Oh. Well, maybe I'll put in a fart noise. (laughs) But we also accept sweet nothings in the form of DMs or emails. Seriously. That's actually more appreciated. We don't need your money. We just want loves. We don't need your money. It'd be cool. But, I mean, if you don't want to buy us a beer, that's fine. You can just uh, say, hey, you guys are awesome. Or say, you guys suck. Those are funny, too. No, it's like hanging out. When you go out and hang out with your friends at a show, just say you're at a concert, would you be more excited that they were there and that you got to spend time with them or if they bought you a beer? I guess it would depend on your alcohol dependency levels, but yeah, we don't have that. We are just no. excited to be hanging out with you guys. That's it. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show and uh, support however you fucking want. Thank you. I like sucking. I love layer. Legit bad podcast. You have a massive erection. Uh, I have it's not a tumor. Welcome to Costco. I love you. Keep your balls on top. Expanding reality. That was great. <laughs> no, and I and I dropped at the end. I was all, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Awesome, awesome. Uh, the fucking uh, for the win. 
absolutely perfect. I uh, don't know why I thought it'd be any different. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Who are you talking to right now? Absolutely amazing. And, you know, I've I've had, you know, what, 100 and I guess 20-something people do this now. And the funny ones are like Dr. Irvin Laszlo, like the Hungarian physicist, like one of the greatest minds of our time, written over 120 books, like fucking ridiculous. And he was just like expounding reality. He was fucking fun, (laughs) you know? And then I had Peter Gorman on, who's the guy uh, that... You know, when he was the High Times um, editor that went down to Peru and is responsible for bringing ayahuasca to the States. He fucking went off. I mean, he's like, you know, been fried for 60 years. So he was just like, expand reality. He was fucking all over the place. So there's like this back catalog of these that I'd like to release in some compilation or something. But guys, that was fucking perfect. Thank you all so much. Did that make it to the compilation? You absolutely I was just about to say, if what you want to do for that compilation is start it out with our awesome song, and then as we drop off, play your own intro with all of the different ones. That way it's kind of like a, what the fuck am I watching? Well, you're watching a bunch of retards saying expanding reality like they know what the fuck they're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. Holy shit. I love this. Um, Okay, well, you guys just want to get it going? (laughs) Do it. Yeah, what did you want to talk about? Um, here, uh, drop like a series of 12 farts, like no less than, oh, well, wow. And no less than 12. Let's get, let's get started like that. And then we'll ramp up. We'll do it. All right. I'm going to start with, oh, am I missing that one? Oh, bitch. Okay. Well, let's do this. (laughs) Bitch. I called her a bitch in front of her tits. Where'd the rest of them go? Wow, that was like a chorus. God, farts! Those are all farts I heard in real time and watched them being recorded. But they're okay. So in production, as everybody out there (laughs) in listening world can tell, we're going to do things a little bit differently here today. I am so grateful to have Joe, Jen, and Ben from Legit Bat on. Uh, You guys have just found a beautiful place in my heart, and we've done several lives together. You've had me on your show. Uh, You've just become (laughs) such great friends, and so I'm truly grateful to do this. So we're mixing it up. We're having a good time. Uh, this is awesome. So welcome, guys. <laughs> welcome to Expanding Reality. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Thank dude. you so much. It's an honor to be on your show that I love so much. I love your oh, show. I, I love y'all so much. Thank you so much for saying that. You're too fucking sweet. You're good for my ego. So uh, what have yeah. you been up to lately? Uh, what have we been up to? Oh, fuck. Yeah. Uh, trying to wait for that meteor to come and just you know end everything. Yeah, that's you. That's not I, me. That's crazy. Give you the sweet rest. No, sweet, I'm not. I'm interested in living to be 500. So we did that roundtable right. a couple weeks ago, I think at this point. And you said, what would you do if you could live to be 500? And I was like, wow, that's the exact age I talk about dying at. Because I think it's important. <laughs> You'd get there and be like, wait, no, another 500. No, but okay. I'm pretty old, but I look really young. And I smoke cigarettes and I drink all the time. So like, not all the time. Okay. <laughs> but what I'm saying is... um. I do things that people say, this does this to you, this does this to you, this does this. So I understand when you drink alcohol, yeah, you're going to be um, you know, not right there coherently. So I don't do it when I'm working. I don't drink during the day, typically. Eh, it's kind of daytime still, and I am drinking. But during it's the week, out. the work week. forget what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just saying during the work week, I'm a responsible person. I don't drink at all until nighttime. 
completely during the week and on weekends we typically do things this was kind of a weird day it was a very stressful day for me as well brandon you talked about having some stressful oh, days recently energy is just um, heavy yeah it has yeah today was kind of a day it, it wasn't bad it was just a lot of stuff coming at me so i said you know what i'm gonna crack my first fucking drink at 2 p.m on there a sunday go. which i would never normally do we're we don't drink till night like i was saying but i do these things that society tells us kill you and make you wrinkly and old and gross looking and you shouldn't do them but if you just say like eh, that doesn't really have power over me i i know it sounds woo and weird i just think there's a way to just not give a fuck and society also tells you you're definitely going to die between 80 and 100 maybe 120 if you live in the philippines and have an amazing diet i don't know but that's the max lifespan like nobody lives to be 200. So I was like, fuck it, let's just raise the bar and make it 500. Why don't we all do that and see what happens? Maybe we will still all die at 85 or whatever the fuck, but we could try it instead of listening to what they tell us, you know? I don't know. You know, but there's something to that, though, because you have a great life. You you live the hell out of like those, what, 75, 80 years and you live the shit out of them. And then you just skip the boring part where you're laying in a bed and shitting on yourself for like 20 of those years. Yeah, you're living longer. But what quality of life are we talking about here now? If you had a blast and you come in just, you know, smoke coming out of your ears, your hair all sex haired up and you just like fall, fall at the finish line drunk as shit, then that's a good life. You know, you, you did it right, I think. So, yeah, I that's think there's something to point. that. No, there's that. That's a great point. But I was planning on not aging until I'm like 485 is what gotcha. I mean. So, like, okay. obviously, I'm not going to be just oddly specific. specific. Well, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I shouldn't do that, though. Specifying is what creates those guidelines for everybody as far as what what's real. But um, if, if you just say I'm going to live this life like the way that I am right now, I'm going to do that for like another 400 years not be bedridden for 400 years, just laying there having strokes all the time. No, 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 that's not what I want. I that's want to why be I'm not this vegan shit all the time. time. Because vegan- I know, just having all, just strokes, strokes all the time. time. <laughs> <laughs> just constant strokes. I feel like I'm doing that. Oh, I'm that's why I'm that's exhausted why this week. I had a stroke every couple minutes. Like it's just all the time. That's why I would never go vegan because maybe it makes you live longer. Maybe it just seems like you live longer because you're fucking yep. miserable. You but don't God, have bacon to go is vegan. So yeah, I, I have bacon cooking there. downstairs, and that after Planet Retard, I opened up the door, and I was like, <laughs> nothing like freedom coming up the stairs. <laughs> freedom aromas. <laughs> freedom strips. What I'm saying, though, is there's a way that you can take what we're told and turn it into, that doesn't matter, and I'm going to make my own path, and we can manifest our reality. I know it sounds wooey and weird, but... Oh. We don't have to sit there and listen like, okay, we die at this time and this is what we have to do to get through life and this happens when we're this age and this happens when we're this age and we have to screen for colon cancer at 50 and we have to get mammograms at 40. Like, okay, that's fine. That's just what we're told. How many, have you guys ever heard stories? I have heard personal stories from people who've had parents who went in for a cancer screening and they went in and they had like a stage four cancer, according to the doctor. And the doctor told the people, you have stage four cancer. You've had cancer forever. You have like two days to live. And in some you have cases- all the cancer. It's not a tumor. Yeah, but these people are you living- cancer all the time. Fine. They have nothing wrong with them. Nothing, no symptoms. And then all of a sudden, symptoms present themselves because they're told you have cancer and you have two days to live or two months or whatever. But when we're told something like that, you have- two months to live your brain goes into 
fucking hyperdrive and you're like, oh my gosh, two months to live. What am I going to do? But if they never knew, I just wonder, what if they never knew? How many people are walking around with stage four cancer right now just fucking running track and shit, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because by knowing the only thing you do, I mean, I don't, I mean, it, it would, it would tank your, you, you don't want to be bummed out like that. You would just listen to Tim McGraw's Live Like You Were Dying song on repeat just for the rest of your days, and it's just sad. Like, nobody wants that. That That's the thing. It's like, would you want to know, you know, or just drop dead all of a sudden? I wouldn't want to <laughs> fucking know. I don't think so. Oh, same. That, that, that is for sure a fucking rock bottom, dude. Anytime Tim McGraw comes on, it's like, oh, God, shit's bad. There we go. On that Got song it. With Nelly. What was that? <laughs> oh, we don't talk about that. Just like Chris Gaines. We don't talk about that. Oh, I have a, yeah, I have no. a, a clip of when him. Actually. Block, block. There it is. It's <laughs> so stupid. Uh, the listeners, uh, Joe has a soundboard, by the way. So it sounds like there's a bunch of people here. <laughs> Uh, and it sounds like they're gassy, but it's just his soundboard. Now. <laughs> Bring it along. It's their fourth member, and I like it. It's your Ringo. Oh, God. Stop. I embarrassed Stop. So fun. No, he just he does this thing every time where he, he goes like this. Like, he's like my dad. You can see the gears turning way before he does the sound drop, where he's like, how do I word this? So that oh, I shit. can push this button at the end. And then he'll sit there for a minute and he go, like he just got it. And he's like, uh, it, you go like this, and then you go like that. And then he goes, and he pushes it. And he's like, ah, it's funny every time. That's not far off. Ben, I love you so much for saying that because I had a realization maybe three years ago that Joe was exactly like your father. Oh, it's horrible. <laughs> oh, this is my future. So he's exactly like yep. him in every way. Oh, yeah. Dad, every way. I love your dad, though. I think your dad's amazing. I think your dad's great. So um, it's not an insult. He's okay. It was just... I know he's not my dad. He's your dad. So it's different. I have a different outlook. I'm still, dude. I still think it'd be just the final family twist if we found out the dad was a pothead. It would explain fucking everything. Like That's he logical, would just. Though. No, I know, but like, can you imagine him and his little S10 fucking driving home from work, taking the long way so he can smoke his J and get nice and high before he's got to deal with mom and five fucking like kids. kids. Yeah. Listen to Jesus. Tim McGraw. Probably. <laughs> Ugh. So, Anyways. Uh, it, no, it's fucking awesome. Uh, so, of course, guys, all the ways to find them, link down in the show notes. Y'all know how this works. Y'all's show is so much fun. You have the coolest stuff that you talk about, and uh, you just can go anywhere with it. So uh, what made you guys want to come together and start Legit Bat anyway? And I am also, of course, you have to tell me what Legit Bat means. Oh, We're going you to know. tell you. We have, have to known, tell you. I have known y'all this long and haven't 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 talked uh about i think ben probably did it last i'll let you do it this time but i'll, I'll give you yeah. why we started uh we just wanted to do a podcast like i had no real idea we just i bought some microphones i'm like ben we could just set the microphones out get drunk and talk and then make people listen to it and he's like yes that is a great idea and then that he works. came up with the name for it and jen or ben can go into how that came to be but it took about a year from the time i got microphones to the time i was like okay let's just fucking do this let's record an episode and put it out there fart it out there to the world which I is how it comes across i, I told you like there he you go he set it up again he did. He did. so joe came home one day from work <clears throat> and i was doing some 
mundane thing. I wasn't <laughs> fucking like, lying, dude. The whole, <laughs> whole time he was selling that story, he was trying to figure out how to end it. Like, you can see it coming now from a mile away. He sits there and starts talking and he's like, I need to go out with a bang and a fart. Yeah. Joe came home one day. Happy. Joe came home one day and said, "Hey, babe, I want to start a podcast." And I was like, "Cool. What do you want it to be about?" And he was like, "I don't know. We'll just talk and see what happens." And I, I think I was putting dishes away or doing something stupid. I was doing definitely doing something dumb that was not important. And I looked at him and I was like, "Oh, cool. That sounds awesome." And I didn't have the right look on my face, apparently, because he was like, <laughs> apparently don't seem interested at all in this. And I was not, I didn't say that sounds fucking dumb. I was just like, okay, cool. You have no goal and you're not sure why you want to do this. All right. Well, I'm not really sure how to respond after that. So I'm just going to keep doing what Basically, doing. she was just like, and, mm. no, I wasn't though. I was just like, oh, cool. You have zero. So. So then he waited until I went out and did I <laughs> he waited until I left to start record. He's like, I'm going to record when you're gone. I was like, oh, that's rude. Why? Because I thought you wanted it to be this fun thing that we do. And yeah. he's like, oh, I, yes. I don't know. It seems like you're not interested. And I was like, because you had I just wanted to know what you want to talk about. Like, I don't know if you want to record it and we're putting it out there for people. I think there should be some sort of general goal, even if the goal is let's start it on. Who cares? We'll just bring up a topic and free flow with it. That would have been okay as well. It wasn't even that. It was just like, I don't even know. Just whatever. Just didn't. I don't, I don't know though, was your main <laughs> response. And I was like, oh, well, we I don't. We do that at the I start of either. every show though. I'm like, I don't know what we're talking we about. We do. So I have grown as well. So anyway, there were a couple shows I wasn't on in the very beginning. And then after like three or four shows, I was like, okay, let's see what the fuck this is. Um, but legit that came about where um so ben had this great idea to name it that joe was asking about names from us for a while and what did we do you remember the different names that we went through no oh i remember some of them yeah we were trying to we were trying to like we were trying to like riff off of like things that had to do with our childhood so like instead of third eye blind joe came up with like third eye something as like a kind of a riff and then he was like no nah, that's gay and then uh, we came up with a whole bunch of other ones and it, it nothing, nothing just stuck at the time that I sent him legit bat podcast. I was thinking it was going to get shot down immediately because we'd been shooting each other's stuff down. Like, no, that's not going to, it's just dumb. And then he was all, that's it. That's it. And I'm all, he, texted me that. he was, he said, Hey, Ben just had this great idea. I think we were just at our, we were at our duplex i actually remember where i was when he sent me that text in on my route for work like i remember where i was when i was like oh yeah that you might texted be me and Shit. i was like oh my gosh that's it for no. sure so yeah. so where legit back came from is joe and i met online on a video game that most of our friends know about um or mm -hmm. listeners do um so we met and then we decided we facetimed every single day for a, a month or two maybe four and i finally decided to come out at the end of June in 2015 and he had a roommate and I was so scared. I was so fucking scared that his roommate would hate my fucking guts. I was like, yeah, I'm some chick you met in a video game. He's, you know, he has a little boy who lives in this house and he was going through a divorce. Like it was just a lot of stuff and they were both in this weird place. And I was just coming out there like, hey, let's get drunk and hang out. We met on a video game, whatever. And when I came out, his roommate was the most amazing human ever. He was so fun and so fucking nice. And he came up to me when I was in the kitchen grabbing a beer. And he said, 
he he held out a wooden baseball bat, put it on the counter, and gave me a red sharpie. And he said, hey. "Mind you, were hammered." Yeah, okay. well, oh, I yeah. also had traveled two thousand miles across the country, and I was scared. I was like, Ugh. I was happy to meet Joe, but I was around his roommate, who I wasn't sure of. And then Ben actually had just moved in at the time as well, so I wasn't scared. I was overwhelmed. That's a better yeah. word for it. I wasn't afraid. It was more overwhelmed, and I was happy, excited, but overwhelmed same time. So his roommate hands me a red sharpie and a wooden baseball bat and says hey can you please write legit in bubble letters on this bat and i was like why and i thought that i was maybe maybe embarrassing myself or maybe he was making fun of me in some way that's where my brain went <laughs> and it wasn't at all so i i did it anyway he's like no no please please do it please do it this is our friend tony who just recently passed away from liver failure um but he he was so genuinely excited for me to write legit on this bat and then as soon as i did he was like yes he held it up he was so excited and then he had me watch where that came from and it was from workaholics where they're all three sitting on the roof of the house and they're like hey you guys ever seen dad dicks like dad dicks in the 80s were way bigger and uh he's like okay, fine, my dad has a legit bat, or Durs, they're asking Durs about his dad's dick, and he's like, oh, okay, my dad has a legit bat, and they thought that was so funny to say that their dad has a legit bat. So that's why he had me write legit on a bat. It's just a dick joke at best. At the end of the day, it's just a dick joke. Um, so what we would do, though, with the legit bat that we had created, that I wrote legit on, um, is we would pass it around to people well, because we all hung out pretty often, play Cards Against Humanity or just hang out and talk, whatever. And whoever said the funniest, best thing, they would get past the legit bat. Like, we'd be like, dude, that's the best. Like, you get the legit bat. It's like and passing the baton it. to the wittiest yeah, comment of the night. And they'd take you know? it home with them. It was fine. They'd bring it back the next time, and we'd pass it around all the time. And then when Joe and I got married, Tony, the his roommate who had me write legit on the bat, Tony married us. So I had this crazy idea of... um making our wedding first i wanted to make it like a normal wedding and then i was like eh, it doesn't matter we actually got married a year and two months prior to our wedding quote unquote mm -hmm. so it didn't matter anyone could have married us like literally anybody so i i thought it would be really cool if tony was incorporated then in that somehow and he married us and he was like okay i guess i'll marry you that's weird so he ended up marrying us writing our vows wrote vows for our children as well so he wrote vows because joe has a son and i have a daughter from different relationships he wrote these vows for our kids to be together in this new coupling because they were not together prior you know it was Aww. just pretty amazing and then at the end of the ceremony which was like 10 minutes because we're not lame we made it cool he he made it a hilarious but heartfelt ceremony and then also presented me with the legit bat as like the last joke, like you marry Joe, like, haha, here's the legit bat. So I got you presented win. with that, yeah. yeah, like in my wedding dress. It was pretty fucking Aww. awesome. That's amazing. What a cool story. And, and the thing, the thing is with creating the podcast too, is that like all of this happened. I mean, that original story of the bat, that all happened within, you know, like the first year or two years. And uh, it was a, this concurrent thing that happened when we decided to do the podcast to go back to what they originally talked about and how it started was uh joe had a really old computer um i had just gotten one the year prior and uh i think the first one we did was shout out to ryan from dangerous world he came on and was basically you know on his phone i was on my phone and uh 
we were like, well, what are we going to talk about? Like, what do you guys want to talk about? And the idea between me, Joe and Jen over some drunk nights was we would have such epic conversations between me, Joe, Jen and Tony, amongst other friends that might get in that constantly while had been drunken, we would say, man, we really need a way to catalog some of these conversations. And when Joe first came up with it, it was the idea of being over a fire pit. We're all outside. The kids are in bed. We're having our brews or whatever. We're smoking. And we are just talking with our third eyes open about random ass shit that we saw. And when Joe brought it up, he's like, I kind of want it to be just kind of like a like what we talked about, like just kind of like a down home fire pit conversation. And, you know, I'm not expecting anybody to listen. It's just kind of one of those like if we ever want to go back and, and, and reminisce or it was very low key. I had a $20 Turtle Beach headset. Um, he had this old fucking like $30 mic that didn't work very well and had like 80 wires coming out of it to work. Um, we had no software. And then within a couple of months, Jen bought him a computer. It was way better. It, he was able to download all the software. He started doing the graphics. Um, and then within about six months, we got onto Rockfin. And from Rockfin, it ended up doing the video. And then from the video, it ended up doing the visuals. And then from the visuals, it ended up doing things like Tommy Chong. And like all of these things just kind of snowballed all within the first like nine months. By the time we hit our first year, we were set up almost the way that we are now. And then we didn't even do it like an anniversary show. And uh, Joe was like, you know, I really don't care if anybody listens, but this this is it, it's it's progressing. And I said, yeah, as long as it, I'm not we're not expecting to make any money from it. You know, we just enjoy being able to talk to people the way that we all talk to each other in a way that we can actually cat catalog it. And if somebody finds anything in it that is helpful or interesting or it helps them throughout their their work day or whatever, like that's it. That's all. That's all we ever wanted to do. And uh, it's just a, a library. It's a library of us talking yeah. and doing whatever we do that will be there. Well, hopefully, unless we get EMP attack, but that'll be there for like the kids, like when they're old enough to listen to the stupid shit we say, if they feel like it, they can go back and be like, wow, I wonder what these 300 episodes of bullshit my parents used to do when I was little <laughs> and just start listening to it, you know, and be like, wow, cool, cool parents I have. I think that's the important <laughs> thing, though. We had no intentions. We weren't trying no. to yeah. make any money. We weren't trying to do anything. Um, not that we weren't trying to do anything positive. We were, but uh, it was just very unintentional. We didn't say, all right, we're going to go make a bunch of money. We're going to do this. And we had no selfish. Yeah, intent. we didn't have dreams of grandeur. What, yeah, our, <laughs> our currency came in just like positive reviews and positive feedback from people. That's all we wanted to make off of it. It's like the most altruistic thing ever. And why y'all are so successful? Because you are incredibly successful. And why is because you're so damn you. You're so authentic. And this is one of the cool things. You guys are the reason people say, oh, I just want to start a podcast. But you actually did it. And then you followed through. And you're great at it. So a lot of people think, and they're right, you can just do this. But to do it right, it's a lot of work. And you guys were at least willing to put the work in because you saw the value in it minus the expectations of grandeur. But again, it's kind of that thing. You don't expect it, but that's why you're receiving it is because you're just open to receive anyway. And then you're just like, yeah, yeah, if it happens, cool. If not, whatever. And then now you're just like, oh, 7,000 followers, whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. It's no big deal to y'all. But it's it's amazing. And uh, in the community, you you guys are just so well-loved, all of you. And you know this. We we just all absolutely adore you. And I was talking to a buddy. I think we were talking about this uh, off-air uh, this morning about y'all. Uh, Bo, he's been in a few lives. Uh, guy does my website. Just one of my best friends ever. 
And uh, we were just talking about how much we adore you guys. And uh, he was just like, God, they're just so sweet and deep and funny. And that's what we were saying is you can go from the most incredibly deep, profound thing about the universe and then cap it off with a fart. And it's one of the most amazing <laughs> things, the way that you guys are able to just speak about stuff. You're lighthearted, you're authentic, and that's why everybody loves you. That's why I love you. Yeah. I will really, really appreciate that. And it means a lot coming from people that are also in that realm because <clears throat> Joe, I, I will definitely and be more than happy to say Joe's definitely the, been the backbone of the podcast. He does all the editing. He does all of the, he does everything for it. I, the whole, the whole thing was that we didn't want to have a shtick. We wanted, you know, and once I get a better computer, I told him I would be more than happy to do some post and pre-production, but you know, that's a ways down the road. Life happens. Things got in the way right as we were starting it. It seemed like everybody was going through shit six months into 2020. And so when it all started, like I, me and Joe and Jen all kind of agreed. We're like, we don't, we don't want to change. We don't want it to change. We want it to be grotesque and crude and funny the way that you would talk again over a fire pit drinking with just you and your friends. And uh, it, it's been a, it's been a wild ride. I've said it a million times where not for the podcast and the guests that we've had on, I would not in any way, shape or form one think the way that I do now Two, I, I probably wouldn't be in the relationship that I am in now. Uh, and three, my, the entire way that I look at life is just completely different because of the podcast. And that was something that we didn't expect to get anything out of it. We expected to hopefully give something out of it, a little piece of ourselves, but you, you weren't expecting to really get anything out of it. And the amount of shit that we've been able to get out of it just on the off you know, off the cuff is, is an absolutely incredible. And to everybody that's out there, including yourself, you know, really appreciate it. It's that legacy type thing. That's what I was talking about with the kids too, where whether they want to listen to it or not, it's like an option. I don't have the option of listening to my dad or mom when they were in their thirties or forties talking for hours on end about the craziest shit. I don't know what they think about aliens. I don't really care either. But if I had it to listen to now, I would probably go back and listen and be like, what do these motherfuckers think in the 80s? Like, I wonder, really wonder. You know, yeah, you're right. And for the example and for the for the digital fingerprint that a lot of people are leaving for their children, it's probably pretty embarrassing. It's just like yeah. pictures on, you know, OnlyFans, which there's nothing wrong with that. But that's like it, you know, and they're not having deep discussions. They're going deep uh for five dollars a pop there yeah, come on God, this guy. he will fucking derail you every I, time i love it and and so that's the thing right it's all the it's always that scary thing that moms or whoever talk about about them finding the their unmentionables or something their kids down the line but you guys actually right. have some really cool conversations and i've talked to my wife about this her dad you know uh everybody gets older but i you know told her i was like look he's got amazing stories and she said yeah i just want to catalog this somehow i go sweetheart we have a huge studio just come in here and sit with him and i'll hit record and you guys can just have this but you guys are doing it and you're real and it's like you said ben dude you're absolutely right that is something that you cannot prepare for is how much this changes you and how this is the most accelerated growth experience I've had. Um, psychedelics didn't touch it. This is the most accelerated growth experience because we're seeking wisdom. We're seeking knowledge. We're seeking crazy cool conversations and interactions with high vibe people that are also seeking the same. 
I was like, hey, have you heard this crazy shit? Fart joke. It's it's just the coolest <laughs> thing, and I I just absolutely love this, and you could not be more right. But I love what you're doing for your kids. And I mean, yeah, that's something you don't think about. You don't have that for your kids. But think about all the kids growing up now. They're going to have, like, their dad going off on some congressman on Facebook and getting banned. And they're going to have all that, you know? It's interesting. Hmm. So where did the uh, – when, when did you get the uh, soundboard? When did that get infused? Uh, I was trying to do it, like, last summer. But I, I was using a different streamer service back then. And I couldn't figure out a good way <laughs> – to do it that made sense and then i gave up obs because it sucks and uh just fa i just started googling like free software soundboard i don't know i don't know how to do this and everything happened i think it happened uh i'm not even trying to cut you off i'm sorry but i think joe has this path of where he quantum created this <laughs> podcast like he knew it was going to happen i could tell as I was putting laundry or dishes or whatever the fuck away, I know that he knew that this was going to be a thing. Mm -hmm. And even though my response was like, well, what does it mean? Or what do you want to do out of it? And he thought that I hated it. I really was curious. And he has done nothing but make sure it happens as he wants it to happen. And he always finds the right answer. So we had sound issues in the beginning. He wanted to find a soundboard. Every single thing, every obstacle that has come across our path, he's overcome, and it looks effortless to yeah. me because I the am not ones, doing it. The great ones make it look easy. Yeah, but he he was like, oh, this is such a pain in the ass. And I was like, really? Because it looks so easy. Or like, are you well, serious? No, because the way that... It looks great. I mean, if you were to see my soundboard, it's ridiculous. It's the most low-tech piece of software you've ever seen. It's just a bunch of squares that has my dumb names for the sounds on it. And the way that I get these is I go on YouTube, screen record on my phone, then I got to convert that to an MP3. Then I got to email that to myself. Then I got to edit it to make sure the volume and all that shit's good. Then I add it to the soundboard. And that is how the soundboard works. <laughs> yeah, I, I do stuff like that. And to get that one clip, it takes so many things. They're like, all right, I got to upload yeah. it to Drive and then convert it and then bounce it through Handbrake so it'll upload faster. And then, yes, I completely, <laughs> it's it's the craziest thing. And then I'm, I, I do the same thing tomorrow. I'm like, check this out. And it's like, and she's like, oh, that was pretty cool. I'm like, that took me 17 hours to make. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Especially you better I'm fucking enjoy it. Uh, no, that's it's super crazy. fair. I Joe just does it so fast. Like, well, I'll be making breakfast or something or he will or whatever. He'll go into the room for two seconds, come out and be like, come listen to the soundboard. I just added a bunch of new sound. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, you did that in a really short time. That's great. Maybe I don't give you enough credit for it, but he does it so fast. It doesn't seem like it's a a lot but also joe has this really cool thing where he was just born being cool mm -hmm. doesn't get stressed oh he doesn't sorry i know you don't like hearing that that's one thing that that's one of joe's downfalls. because i have he a boner <laughs> how have you how have you tested this do you jump out at him do you toss fireworks around the corner at him every now and then see if he'll jump no he doesn't get i might poop but i won't tell you that riled up, yeah well a little bit when, when we have a troll, we occasionally have a troll on our chat. It's very rare. Or if something negative happens, he's just like, meh, whatevs. It's cool. Yeah. So when he has to go put a new sound on the soundboard, he's like, oh, this is fun for me. I don't care. And then he goes and does it and comes out and it's like, what? This is so cool. Come see this. And doesn't care at all about anything else. You know, there's there's this... <laughs> there's this concept that's called amori fati. And it's Latin. It means, uh, shit. Uh... It means shit? 
No, I just had this. I just <laughs> <laughs> I Google this shit. Oh, my wife and I just learned uh, amori fati means uh, I love it. Okay, so it means I love it, meaning that whatever happens, you just say I love it. You know, uh, something fucks up, I love it. Uh, it takes longer, I love it. You're five minutes late for leaving the house and you feel like you're late, I love it. Amori fati. And basically it just states that you're just right there. And all of the things that are imperceivably like inconvenient to you at the time, hindsight, I think we were talking about this on the live last night, uh, it, it's like that five seconds or something like that may have been the difference between you getting in a wreck and dying or you hitting someone and killing them all. And it's just a no, of no fault of your own, but the universe will kind of play with you, I think, in that way. I have seen this happen to where, like, uh, my wife used to leave before me in the morning or something like that, and I'd, like, leave not too long after her. And I'd forget my wallet or something. I'm like, shit. And so I'd come all the way back up the drive, whatever, run inside, you know, say bye to the dogs again because I have to go around and pet it and kiss everybody bye again. And then uh, grab my wallet and run out. Well, that was, like, five minutes later, and then the whole freeway shut down. Like, some horrible oh, wreck. And so I'm like... Well, maybe I was going to be in that had I have, you know, been on time, air quote. So I'm fazi. That's it. Those little offsets or setbacks. I, I usually just kind of frame it like that and just like, well, number one, it, it, it doesn't bother you then because you're just like, oh, well, universe has got my back. It's fine. But that saying amorifati, it's that's it. It's the embodiment of that, that whatever happens, it's all perfect. Well, it's kind of like what Jen introduced to me is the good or bad, hard to say thing. And there's a bunch of examples oh, yeah. of that, like uh <laughs> Good or bad, hard to say. Like this thing happened, but then was th the, this was great. It the little boy is riding a horse and yeah, he breaks yeah, yeah. his yeah. leg. Um, it, there's so many. It's a, it's a parable, but yeah, bad hard to say is. I mean, do you know that the where the the kid breaks his leg riding a horse and then he, uh, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, this is awful. You broke your leg, but then they get drafted. There's a war that happens in that country, and so the kid can't go because he has a broken leg. And so the father's like, oh, this is so great. And then anything, anything could happen at that point. Um, Joe and I had an experience where we, right as soon as I heard that parable, we were living at Cali Court. Ben, you lived with us. You had just moved out. And we were like, oh, shit, Ben moved out. Okay, <clears throat> cool. So maybe that's bad because we have to pay more money for rent. But it's okay because we have this. Like, we were trying to figure it out. And then um, we had these shitty neighbors. And... They weren't shitty. They were just loud. <laughs> they were just really loud. Yeah. And they got very drunk and they smoked weed, which is totally fine. But we were in very close quarters and my daughter liked to have her window open at night and she could smell weed and she was like 10. And and I was from a place where weed is not legal. So she was like, oh my gosh, I can smell weed outside. This is awful. And I was like, it's fine, honey. Just breathe it in and go to bed. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't say that. Don't worry about it. It's no big deal. But they were pretty loud and they smoked weed and drank and like we didn't care. Joe and I didn't care at all, but we were just like, whatever it is, what it is. But they moved out finally one day there. The police were called a couple of times on them. It was just a weird situation. Again, Joe and I didn't care. We weren't like, oh my gosh, these people are the worst. We didn't care that much, but it was still weighing on us a little bit like what's gonna happen and uh eventually they got kicked out and we were like yay they moved out this is amazing we're so grateful and then a new lady moved in and we were so happy she was this older lady a 50 year old something lady and we were like yeah this is the best thing that could happen and then um she apparently hates cigarettes and joe and i would smoke a cigarette like twice a night maybe and she would slam all of her windows 
at night. And it took us a while to realize that she really just hated fucking cigarettes and also at the same time wanted to keep all of her windows open in a um, townhouse that she rented. I don't know. Mm. Pick your battles, man. In yeah, my but she opinion, wanted to be all but... passive aggressive about it instead of being like, I like to keep my windows open. <laughs> Do you mind smoking down the street? No, but we would smoke. Remember, we smoked out front one time and she slammed her front door, too, because she wanted to keep all of the windows open in the entire house. So we tried to adapt to her, but we were like, oh, apparently this this neighbor like isn't that cool. So we ended up moving. And then when we ended up moving, we were going to buy a house after that. And our landlord, I texted her and was like, hey, we can stay here forever. I know COVID's happening and people aren't paying their rent, but we're totally going to stay here. Like, I was thinking this is really good, really positive. And she said, sorry, my husband and I are getting a divorce, so I need to move into the place that you're in when your lease is up in two months. So we needed to find a new place or a new place to rent. And we ended up buying our house that we have now. So it seemed like a really negative situation at the time. Like, long story short, sorry, this was kind of a rant. But it's great. It's great. All of these terrible things that happened or good things or whatever, it all led us to a place where we bought this house. And hey, maybe ultimately it will be destroyed by an earthquake and it will be bad at the end. Sorry, not to be weird. <laughs> maybe but... <laughs> plasma apocalypse. I don't know. I don't think maybe. we're out of the woods on that. Yeah. <laughs> can only hope. Maybe, we but might it's see that. the day. Like we bought our first house and it was really great. And it's a, it's a really awesome place. And we got to do that because we had to kick our asses into gear because we didn't want to be kicked out of where we were living at, even though it was crazy that we were getting quote unquote, not evicted, but just our lease was up and it was done. So we paid our rent and then also bought a house and it seemed like a negative situation, but it turned out great. So I don't know. We just have to look at things differently. When we feel certain things, we have to look at it differently and say, hey, you know what? Let's look at this from a different angle. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, it's it's those little moments like that, and it's those shakeups, though, that, that really get you moving. That's the motivator, you know, and that's why this kind of cosmic thing, like with the lockdowns and COVID and all that kind of shit, that's one of the ways that I've been looking at it is like it's a it's a forced shadow work period for us to kind of all just sit down and get our shit together. But it's like that darkest before the dawn. And I find this with me personally. Uh, I kind of have been going through a pretty energetically heavy week is how I'll put it. Uh, a full week of this shit. It's been a while since it's been this intense for this long. And usually uh, I can uh, know that when that happens, that's just the day crescendo before the big drop and everything's just amazing. So I'm super pumped about the high vibe shit that's coming right after this. I know because I've just been depleted. It's been uh, really, really tricky. Uh, so because you, you get to those new levels of awareness you feel. And then something as simple as uh, something normal and 3d pops up and just takes you out for a week it's it's crazy it seems like the more in i don't know the more enlightened i feel that i become the more detached from i think being able to uh politely and patiently deal with super absurdly dumb shit like it's just it's very very challenging <laughs> do y'all feel that i, as I well? totally feel you yeah she tries to keep me in check with that because I'm so detached from most of the stupid shit that goes on that I just don't care. And it, it does not affect me. It goes right over. Just, no, no, don't care. Like, so she has to keep me in check with that. She's like, well, actually, this is kind of important because of the, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, fuck. Oh, right. Well, no, I should care about that more. I'm also new. I, I'm a good liaison because <laughs> right. for right now, I'm a good liaison by being like new to the 
meditation world. So I totally get that there's something bigger than us, but that's brand new to me. So I also very clearly remember caring a lot about how full our refrigerator was like, mm. you know, two months ago. That was very important. It has to look like this because this is how my parents' refrigerator looked and this is how this should be. But it doesn't have to be that way. You, you have to do what you have to do in a positive way and everything just has to be no normal i sorry i know that sounds really weird but it's hard because we go about our lives and we're told you have to do this this and this to be acceptable in society and we just try to strive for that and when we fail we feel bad and we shouldn't we just shouldn't fucking care and you're really good at just doing that on your own babe you don't fail well i can work thing. yeah just doing it. Yeah, yeah. Not being affected by it. And what was so weird... Go, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, please, Ben. Ben, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I completely empathize with that. There was uh, several conversations going back to the, the mantra that you were saying that I remember hearing uh, the similar... My, my dad carried it out without ever verbalizing it, and then I ended up hearing it when I was in the academy, was that Whenever something happens, because things do happen that are out of your control, everybody's always like, you can always trace things da, 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 back to sometimes you can't. There was, we couldn't trace back Tony's death to something that we did. Sure, you could look back if you really want to and say, well, we enabled him, this, that, and the other, but that's not going to get you anywhere. He was a grown ass man. He chose to do what he did. And so, one of the things that I heard in the account me is whenever something happens in life, whether it's self-inflicted or it's out of left field and it's one of those curveballs that life throws you, there are two things. Either you can do something about it and then you do what you can. And if it's not enough, it's going to play out the way it's going to play. Or there's nothing you can do about it and it's going to play out the way it's going to play. Either way, worrying about it isn't going to do shit. Now, there is a certain part of worry and anxiety, I guess you could say, and throw that in there, where it can kick your ass into gear to think outside the box and do this, that, and the other. But when those thoughts and ideas come, you should act on them. And when it's all said and done, know when to step back and say, I've done everything I can. That's enough. It's going to play out the way it's going to play out. My dad was always very good about, about portraying that. He just didn't worry about shit. He, he, he would go to work. He worked long hours for, I think he said 45 years. He worked 10 hour days, five, six days a week. And we always knew though, that dad was going to be home at a certain time. There was no question about it unless he was stopping at a store, in which case my mom always relayed. He has to stop on the store. He's going to be a half hour late, this, that, and the other. We always knew that. And there were hard times and we saw it and my parents were upfront with it about it. And looking back, I go, yeah, that's very much how the most at least me and joe that's how we kind of go through life we're very steady and solid we don't have a lot of waves um with emotion and mentality or logic that that really throws us part of it is that <clears throat> and I, i've said this for years is, is when a lesson comes your way that's self-inflicted you should let it hurt at least to a little bit at least let it inflict a little bit upon you to not create that same mistake and i'm the worst offender about not letting that happen because i don't worry about shit so that is the catch-22 to it but to go back to what you were saying and and kind of incorporating that is that you can only do so much in life and life is never going to stop revolving because it doesn't revolve around you and when that happens you got to know when to let go and let it play out and then 
when that happens, have a course of reaction. You know, there's an old saying, action is faster than reaction. That's true, but you can always plan for your reaction. You can see the signs, you can see it coming, and you can do what you can do, but worrying about it and trying to control something that is not in your control is not only futile, but you're going to ruin yourself trying to do that. Yeah, it's in Texas, we have the saying, uh, don't go borrow in trouble or don't go build. Yeah, bridges. that's a good don't way to go, put that. Yeah, don't go building bridges you ain't never going to cross, honey. Ain't gonna, no, no good. <laughs> I'm Tim I, McGraw. Yeah, Tim McGraw. <laughs> Live like he was dying, honey. Uh, so it, it it's just an interesting thing uh, because, yes, you could spend a lot of mental energy uh, creating a bunch of situations that never, ever, ever happen. And a great line uh, from the wonderfully hilarious movie Van Wilder is, um, worrying is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it doesn't get you anywhere. And exactly. I like that. I like that a lot. And it makes a lot of sense. And, and it does. I mean, think about how much of your life has probably been spent making up scenarios of what you're going to say to that person next time you see them or how this, this, and this is going to play out. And none of that shit happens. None of that shit happens. I could say with 100% certainty, every single time I did it, it was an absolute waste of time. And mm -hmm. it was a waste, and it robbed me of my moment of now. It's another psyop from The Matrix is for you to kind of predict what's going to happen and be upset and defensive about it and fearful about it. It's crazy. So uh, it's, what it's is... It's actually funnier, though, when, it, like, if you... you you're stuck in that trying to like figure out, Oh, if I see this person, I'm going to say this. It's actually funnier if you don't, because there's been so many times when I've unexpectedly seen someone and I'm like, I don't know what to say to this person. I'm just going to be like, well, see you later. And then you just move on. <laughs> that was the best way to go. I completely agree with you, Brandon. It's funny. Cause I used to do that where I would spend an oh, hour everybody had creating yeah, yeah. a scenario yeah. of how this is going to happen and then yeah no i know everyone does this but you, it's such a waste of time because it's never yeah. that's it if it did happen that exact way best case scenario is that you'd be freaked out as fuck that it happened the exact way that you thought it was thank you Look, and I all the magic. things and all the things that you plan to say in perfect response to this exact scenario, when it plays out perfectly in front of you, because it's never done that before, you're not going to have a reference point for it. And you're going to lose your shit. And all the things that you thought you had planned out ready to go are going to go right out the window. And then you're just going to piss on yourself. And um, yes. it's yeah, going to be a go. net loss. Yeah. <laughs> it's like so ready. <laughs> He's response I'm telling bad. you. He's got his finger like this, and he just kind of goes like this while people are talking. And then as soon as they oh, say the right thing, he's like, ha, got it. That is exactly what happens. Fuck off. <laughs> See? <laughs> it's like he's my brother. Damn it, y'all are so much fun. Okay, so I want to know uh, your, your favorite conspiracy theory. Like, what's your favorite one? Like, oh, uh, one where you're just like, this is fucking crazy. Because it's real, or something you think is we real. Just, uh, we did something similar the other day, and Ben was going off about the moon landing, and I gotta agree. That's yeah. one of the one of the benchmarks, only because <laughs> it it covers so many other things: space, what right. the fuck the Earth is, what, what space is, what air. Uh, you know, World War Two, Roswell, JFK, all of it is like that part of your tied around the moon. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but uh, so we were talking the other day about uh, my favorite thing is the manipulated history in the last couple hundred years and how things are cyclic. And we kind of went off on that. Jen's, I can't remember what was your, uh, that the pyramids were built by something yeah. other pyramids. than uh, slaves, Egyptian slaves, that they were built by probably aliens, which kind of tied into my manipulated history thing and the moon. So it all worked yeah. out. Yeah, it all ties together. Ben, what about you? Moon landing. Moon. Okay, got you. Yeah, I'm a I huge mean, fan. 
you you mentioned that in this uh <clears throat> i guess you could say a uh, community you mentioned that in this community and everybody knows exactly what you're pointing to um the one i mean the one thing that i brought up was a dateline special back in i believe late 90s early 2000s where they actually brought a dateline special about it being fake and of course the caveat to that is always well if it's on dateline it could be controlled opposition mm-hmm. um you know let's throw it out there because conspiracy theorists are saying it that way people go wow do people really think that and then it suppresses the conspiracy to those who actually have been thinking it um but the crazy part about it was the just the amount of I don't want to say inaccuracies, but more or less inconsistencies with what was being told to us and the time at which they're saying it happened. And then the fact that, you know, 60, 50 years later, we haven't gone back and their excuses that they don't have that technology anymore. And I'm like, you didn't have the technology then. If you don't have it now, you didn't have it then. And so then we went into, you know, different angles and shadows and this, that, and the other. And my biggest thing is the human behavioral concept behind it, where if you just take that alone and we were able to do it in 1969, we would be dominating that shit if it had happened now. So that's that. that's my biggest thing. Yeah. And what about uh, the uh, Apollo? I want to say it was 17 where they were the OK, they had the film on the moon. And they were doing a shot of the lunar lander or whatever. And when the capsule jettisoned off, the camera pans up and follows it. Have you guys seen this? Yes, we we brought that up. Yeah. As I said, if everybody was on the ship, first of all, there are two things with that. One, the only way that they could have been able to control a camera is by radio wave remote. Okay. One, how are you getting that on the moon? Now, if it's short wave and they're able, almost like Bluetooth, uh, you know, device to device, Okay, that's one thing. First of all, though, that then there's what's powering it. Um, And thirdly, and my biggest thing is we can barely stream around the world without technological glitches. How the fuck were they streaming that on boob tubes without Internet from the fucking moon? It's not me. It's science, Ben. It's engineers, and that's Trust part of the Amer- American work. Okay, and we beat the Russians, and that's what happened. That's all. That's important. Yeah. <laughs> that's what happened, Brandon, you're right. It was the America. You had to win. Yeah. You know, and it's crazy. And I've had a guy named Kurt Carlton on my show. He's a NASA uh, engineer. He worked uh, through Boeing on NASA projects for like plus forty years, and trained oh, astronauts in the neutral buoyancy lab. I mean, he. Okay. Here. Okay. Here. <laughs> Do you see this? This is a ring, allegedly, that was flown on the ISS, on the International Space Station. And it Mm. got brought back by a bunch of astronauts. And he gave me this thing back here, which is a picture of the ISS, and it's got six astronauts that signed it from uh, SS-123, I believe. But, dude, my uh, second and third episode are with him. Uh, It's shit audio because I just started. uh, Apologies. But anyway, uh, but he is fascinating. And then, you know, if you... like. uh, I don't know, a dozen episodes or more later, I had David Weiss on, and we were talking about the flat earth. And so Kurt's stories blew my mind. I mean, he's like, I've, uh, he lives in Texas. He's a, a friend of mine's dad. And so he uh, is just one of the most fascinating guys, and what he knows about what he was taught is unbelievable. And David Weiss and I were talking about this. I go, look, I got a buddy of mine. He's a NASA employee. worked there for 40 years. He goes, yeah, this is what they do. They tell you that this is where all this stuff is going, and then they just don't shoot it up. But they shoot it off, and then it goes out over the ocean and then falls in the water, and then that's it. And um, 
he was like, he would never know. And that's the thing about this. Whenever you talk to somebody about this, that they take it personally. And David said that the reason that they do this, like one of the examples was for the Saturn V that was Apollo 11. They contracted out over 100,000 contractors for that one rocket. And so now you've got 100,000 contracts with all of those having employees at them, dozens and hundreds and thousands of employees, so that they could go home and tell their grandkids, my, my peepaw broke, you know, wrote the, or made the bolts for this capsule thing, or my, you know, Gma made the wiring sleeves or something like that. You know, she sewed the patches. Like, everyone's kind of now emotionally invested in this idea. And to deny them that would be to deny, for some of those people, you think about just super average to work on something that went to space, you know, that's like a legacy thing. You know, that's their claim to fame in that town. Yeah, my grandpa did this, and now he's got his picture up in this bar. And to find out none of it happened or it wasn't real, there's, you know, a shitload of hubris in that. And we can all understand that. But that's one of the things that's so fucked about this is how they wrap people and hope and families and stuff into this and then just bullshit. It, it's weird. So yeah, weird. the compartmentalization of the whole thing is yeah. the thing that always gets me. That like when everyone's like, "Oh, you know how many, you know how many people would have to be in on this for this to work?" It's like, like not that many. Yeah, like I'm a cog in my uh, yeah. job. You'll hear the thing that I do, and if I were to be gone tomorrow from my job, nobody in the rest of the company would ever fucking know. Like yeah. that's how little these people are in like the aeronautics and the space industry and all that. Yeah, like you were talking about, oh, they made the little like eight inch screws for the capsule and that's all they knew about it. That's all they fucking knew about it. Who knows how to put it together? Those are the people you got to watch out for and the people controlling them. But that's a deeper conversation. It is. So <laughs> why uh, why do you guys think NASA's lying? I don't know. Well, I think they, they I think are. the easiest is is obviously because <clears throat> Well, one, you got a bunch of stuff from Operation Paperclip, which I think was a direct correlation to be able to pull it off. Secondly, it was a great way to uh, network. Uh, there are theories that they had contracted shortly right before that with Disney, um, which would explain all of the cameras for the set, I guess you could say. Um, but I think that the biggest thing was continuing 17 years uh, 14 years later to show that world dominance after World War II and Korea coming into Vietnam is I think that it was all a power play. And because the technology was so rudimentary compared to what it is now on the connected, you, you can't hide anything today for the most part. And if you can, then they just send out controlled opposition to at least boggle everyone's mind to be in the middle. Um, there's a old saying, idle hands are the devil's workshop. Well, when people don't know what to do with themselves and they can't figure out a side, that's exactly where they want you to be is confused. And I think that other than beating the Russians, um, I think that the whole thing was just a power play. And like Joe said, I don't think that many people had to be in on it. I think the people that were in on it that were going to speak, like I believe it was Paul, Apollo seven or eight blew up on the launch pad. Uh, many people were saying that that was that they were going to be whistleblowers. And then two, three days later, the attorneys that were going to continue on with the case in defense of their clients who died on the launch pad ended up getting off. And of course, it was ruled suicide and a car malfunction on the train tracks. And most of this was all stuff back in a day where you believed what came on the TV. Your government wouldn't lie to you. Everybody was still patriotic. They were still going through wars. They were rallying. Um, and I think that that was the perfect 
time to sell a world dominant scheme that nobody would and could question. Yeah, it's and like that movie Hot Fuzz when he's like, "Oh, it's an yeah. unfortunate accident." Is that an accident? <laughs> and that damn thing was crammed on his head, you know? Or <laughs> they're like decapitated. <laughs> oh, it's been a terrible accident. Uh, you know, <laughs> We're in with, beta with the... testing right now. We're like the beta test for like what can we really get across to these people. Yeah. Well, and it's funny you said paperclip, and I completely agree. Uh, it's it's almost like and Jim Mars wrote that book, uh, The Fourth Reich. And a lot of people mm -hmm. think this. And the more you look into it, the crazier it becomes that really the Nazis did not lose the war. Uh, Germany at all. But the Nazis did not. Only uh, 17 officers actually got prosecuted at Nuremberg. And that's supposedly supposedly with Hitler being dead. And now they say they found their skull, but they can't get their hands on it because the Russians did. Um, it sounds like to me they split up all the assets perfectly for the world to not find out exactly what they wanted to come out of World War II. It's already a known fact that the SAS and America propagandized how bad Hitler was. And this isn't to say that he's a awesome dude. Right. But the idea is, is that a lot of the theories that we were told and we accept as literature and history now was all written by the victor and then we all know what that saying is so i don't know I, I they i don't believe that they lost um there are several shows uh that really depict that and again i think that's controlled opposition take the conspiracy throw it in our face in a fictional manner and it makes us go oh <laughs> that's crazy but uh hunters from amazon and also man in the high castle both of those really sell both of those ideas that they didn't lose and that's because Operation Paperclip is now declassified. We all fucking can read it and know it. So I, I don't think that they lost at all. As a matter of fact, I think a fourth Reich is in the works. A lot of the footage you see from the moon landing and everything else back then, like you were saying, they, they were like, everybody believes what they see on TV now. Uh, fast forward however many years, and we have a way to go back and analyze these videos and be like, this is clearly bullshit. Yeah. They were doing some kind of obfuscation here on this background scene or, you know, Kubrick film the moon, whatever. But we have the ability to actually go back and look at these old videos and audio clips and that kind of thing. And it is very clearly fake now. But back then it didn't matter because nobody had the ability. Nobody had a fucking Windows or yeah, Mac. Yeah, we were talking about that. Um, maybe it was on the round table. I'm not sure. But there, whatever you saw, I think it was on your show, Brandon, a couple of days ago. Where when we saw, not us obviously, but our parents saying the whatever take off and just be like, oh, it's bouncing off the moon. They don't, they, they had no baseline. They were just like, oh, yep, this is how this happens. Yep, this must is be what, what this, that is because that's yeah, what they said. this is what this looks like. They had nothing to base that on, so they were like, yep, this is real. It's so thing, radical. Really. It's so radical and crazy. It's just so bad shit. They're like, hang on, we did what? <clears throat> so of course it's going to be this grand you know thing and just this nonsense it's just wild man and <clears throat> excuse me you know like uh wars i was just thinking about this is that wars are a great time to institute these huge global changes on the on the chessboard and we know you know what i'm talking about it's like whenever you see something like the Antar antarctic treaty everybody that signed that is in cahoots they're like in this huge thing together russia everybody signed that damn thing so there's a level i think of like this buddy buddy davos uh you know bohemian grove type thing where all these heads of all these crazy countries and all these jack-offs get together and they suck each other off and jack off in uh glass coffins over each other and it's just like give each other pink eye from farting on each other's faces my all into it 
Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's from one of those, actually. And so it's like these idiots, they get together and they do this, and then these wars break out, or they cause them, and then they kill the poor people in the countries, and then they just kind of go, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go to America now, and okay, I'll see you in Argentina. And then they just kind of take a submarine over, and then they you know, live out their lives there. It's, it's insane, the stuff going on, and we all see the big chess moves. And so let me ask you this. What do you think uh, with this whole Russia... Ukraine thing, what's what's going on with that, do you guys think? What puzzle pieces are they moving around? Or what is this a distraction for that they're not telling us about? Okay, so I'll cut Ben off on this one just because uh, <laughs> I don't know why. But I think it's all theater. Uh, I know it's reductive to say that, but think uh, Putin is part of the WEF, and so is Zelensky and uh, NATO. All this stuff all ties together, but they're trying to like make it look like it's separate things. And I've said it on a ton of shows, the very fact that the people that are backing Ukraine right now are people like Soros and Hillary Clinton and World, World or eh, I guess it was Klaus Schwab. I don't know if he said anything about it. But all these people that we've been railing against for the last two years are all like, we stand with Ukraine. Russia's evil. Putin's a fucking psycho. Yeah. That makes me real fucking suspicious. Yes. I'm not saying I back Putin on it. I'm saying, what's going on here? I think it's important to say, too, that your sister lives in Ukraine and yeah. just yes. recently had to flee. Like, so I'm not saying so nothing's funny. going on there. I'm saying we need to look into this more because there's certain people that we can't stand saying Russia's evil and you have to back Ukraine. And everybody on Facebook with their fucking you know, profile pictures and all this shit, they're just like, we back Ukraine. I'm going to go get a Starbucks now. Like, yeah, yeah. Just something is gross about it, the whole thing. When it, it's what we were talking about last night. That's the first time that they've allowed that on Facebook. So you can hate one particular person and talk shit about them because they invaded another country. Violence. And there's a ton yeah. of it's inciting violence. It, it's a backwards, weird place that we're in. And I think we did talk about this recently. Guys, also, these lives that we're talking about, uh, website located down in the show notes, go check it out. They're replayed there for free. So you guys can go check those out as well. Uh, and it seems like what they're doing now is just like this crazy, like, ah, does this scare you? Oh, no? Okay, cool. It, oh, you know what it's like? Okay, do you remember that silly-ass uh, thing that they take the audio from, and he's like, I'm old Greg. And he's like, you know, I've got yeah. good. Oh, yeah. This is I'm what I think Greg. the government's doing Greg, right now. Yes. They're like, I've got this, and it's like, is, this is good. And it's like they're running around this place. They're disgusting and grotesque. They just want some company. And so they're running around grabbing all this dumb shit, and you're just like, no, that's all right. I'm, I'm good. You know, <laughs> you want some Baileys? <clears throat> that's what it feels like. It feels like you're like Baileys. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. That's what it feels like. It's insane. Yeah, they're just pushing more shit. Uh, what, what can we distract you with now? As far as distractions, though, I don't know. I know, it right? That's the, the distraction thing. from uh, the release of all the Pfizer documents or the, you know, uh, it could be anything. I don't even know if it has anything to do with COVID anymore. It could be more that they're trying to pass this legislation for the uh, the passes and all this other stuff that's leading into this world one world thing, the classic conspiracy, a new world order, and it's fucking headed that way and everybody's like no but ukraine they've tested it out for so long though and they're like okay we got a couple we got a couple we got a couple and then the covid thing happened and i hate talking about covid i really do but it was an eye-opener for so many people so i have to see mm -hmm. bad hard to say it's like that 
where it's like, eh, was COVID so bad? No. Joe and I bought our first house in 2020. So fuck you, 2020. You were great. I love it. Wife you. and I, same thing. We thrived. We both were essential and we did great. We got all of our stimulus. We did awesome. Like we, we just thrived. It was one of our best years. Yeah. It was insane. We lived in no fear. It was not bad for us. <laughs> yeah. Nope. It was a great You're... year. So yeah, sweet. There were like two weeks there where I was like, okay, I finally need to go ahead and get my AR. And I just was like, all right, I'll go ahead and get one now. And it was no big deal. Like that passed real quick. I kind of, you know, you go through that and I'm sure you guys did this for just like half a second. You're seeing the toilet paper runs and you're like, hang on. If it's that crazy, you know, we may need to launch some freedom bullets at some people or some freedom pills rather at some people trying to uh, get our toilet paper. But anyway, uh, it's, it's just odd. Yeah. It's it's just an odd uh, time that we live in, but it does seem to get crazier and ramp up faster. This is what I'm saying is because now you've got this COVID shit, all the variants. You've they're spinning people in so many different directions, and that's what it feels like. Before it was like, okay, here's what we're focused on. You guys should be paying attention to this. If you're not, we'll call you conspiracy theorists, and then they'll move on to something else later. But it's like stacked now, and it's stacked in such a way that it's so disorienting. Like they're not connected, but you know it's all the same thing. It's this beast just throwing these groundhogs up, you know, out of the ground, those whack-a-mole things. And they're just popping up like crazy all over the place, seemingly unconnected. But you know it's from the same shit. It's just weird. There's just such a variety of nonsense going on. It's because we evolved and we were like, no, your game's dumb and we can beat you. And so they're like, well, fuck, we're going to have to fucking up our game too. God damn. They're very upset about it. You can tell. That's why people are getting canceled for just putting an opinion out there when the Kardashians can say like, this is my makeup challenge. Like I just put jellyfish on my face and it peels an entire layer off. I just cook chicken and NyQuil. No, that's totally fine. (laughs) Just say that like vaccines might not work. And it's a suggestion. You're not saying they definitely don't. It's just a fucking suggestion. Suggesting anything is like, oh, you're a QAnon supporting, Trump supporting bullshit bitch. Like you, you can't say fucking anything right now without them. They've already, they have the bucket. They have things in the bucket that they already don't like. They have like a trash can that they're like, cool, we're gonna throw you in this as soon as you say this, this, and this. So they're holding it up and they're waiting to just be like, whoop. And they just want to put you in that so bad. So we just have to be like, nope, I don't belong there either. We're going to rise up. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, uh, and, uh, I'm almost fucking done with YouTube, dude. Uh, I got my second strike on there. Uh, so we're probably not going to be doing that very long. Uh, don't link OnlyFans links for guests in the show notes, by the way. Uh, I didn't know you uh, couldn't do that. Didn't know you couldn't do that. Uh, my mind didn't go to horrible, you know, awful whatever thing. So I was just like, oh, it's a link. There's a passcode. It's for my guest that I had on. It's her, you know, thing that she's a, a very powerful, wonderful woman. And so she has this thing and it's very sensual. It's whatever. It doesn't matter. It's her thing. I just linked it as a way to contact her because that's part of getting her uh, get involved in like her uh, coaching, what she does or whatever. Anyway, and they were like, yeah, get fucked. Uh, second strike. And I was like, ah. Oh. And then the first one was Max Egan, of course. So we they pulled that. Uh, and so this one, and so now I'm just like going through this thing where I'm just uploading everything to uh, the website. I'm just going to put it there. I'm, this probably won't go up on YouTube just because it's too good. Like it's too good. <laughs> I even have a section on my website called Too Hot for YouTube. And it's it shows like this where I know they're too good, full of too much dope shit that I'll just skip uh, YouTube altogether and just put them straight there. That's kind of what we were doing with our YouTube, where I just I only have like four videos, I think, on there. And it's because I can't put 
all the shows up on there. I have to wait till there's a show where we don't say COVID more than like three times or uh, right. misinformation or whatever. It's the time that you censor yourself the most, which is hilarious. You're like, oh, I'm going to put this on YouTube, so I better be really super. <laughs> no, I never have like, that in mind when do. we go on a live show, though, of like, I oh, I want to put know, this on when YouTube. when you put it on YouTube, it's so funny. Sorry. I just... No, it's just a, a one where I'm like, we were talking about Flat Earth. YouTube allows that for some fucking reason. It's not misinformation, but okay, we'll put that on. Well, it's because Neil deGrasse Tyson is so compelling. Mm. Telling people oh. with his mic drop, like, oh, it's Such round. A I actually don't give a fuck if it's round or flat. I will put that out there. It doesn't fucking matter. It won't affect my life in any way. If someone said the Earth is flat, I would be like, okay, cool. Can I still God, get the up ramifications? Up? That's what I think about. Is the ramifications like I honestly, uh, I. I wouldn't be negatively affected one way or another. I just know that it's... I know NASA's lying about something. We all know this. It stands for never a straight answer or not a space agency. But it, it, whenever they're lying about it, you're like, well, why? Right? It's like, okay, we know you're full of shit. Okay. So why? What are you lying about? And if that's what leads people to this idea that it, the Earth could be flat. Now, if that's the case, and I've said this before, my favorite is the extra land that Admiral Byrd was talking about. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. is the dope shit. Like, if we could do extra land, and that's where, like, aliens and interdimensionals and shit, and really, there's physical places that you can go to here, but we're stuck in, like, this Hunger Games environment because they've told you that this is what it is. You know, it's like a audible cage. You know, they're just like, yeah... Um, you can't do that, so don't even worry about it. it. It's just weird. But that's my favorite thought experiment about the whole flat earth thing is the uh, extra land bit. I'm not concerned about, like, the dome thing doesn't interest me at all. No, and it could just be a dimensional thing where maybe the dome is actually flat and it stretches on for eternity and so does the earth. Exactly. And we're just in this, this you know, never-ending section of fucking whatever and maybe, maybe up we're in there a simulation the that's why it looks like that it doesn't matter it depends on your perception maybe when you look at it it's like a particle it behaves as a wave or as one thing it just depends so it looks round or flat depending on what you're looking at no matter how you think of it i recommend all the <laughs> listeners get very stoned and go think about it by yourself in the dark just think that's about true. how small and insignificant you are and that, that should cheer you up or think about how perhaps why there's so much contention on what we observe and what's being reported and scientists can see and test <clears throat> is because really all of this is just a projection from you. And we live in a holographic universe to where this is all just a simulation anyway, so it can be simulated to be whatever you want. And in reality, then in that case, when you think of it that way in the dark, which I do recommend doing, maybe a little bit of mushrooms, yeah. then uh, you kind of come to the conclusion that um, not only... Does it not matter that it's so fucking crazy and seemingly fake, but that you are so much more powerful than you've been led to believe? And that's one of the biggest psyops, I think, is that you are a powerful motherfucker. And there are so many ways to test this for yourself. It's it's insane. It's it's amazing. I love so, that, Brandon. That's amazing. Like, thank you, because that is what people should be doing. Instead of being so fear-based, and looking at what's going on, they can go within themselves. And it sounds selfish. I think I talked about it on your show and I talked about it today on Natasha's show, but being selfish is looked at as very negative. You shouldn't be selfish. You shouldn't be selfish. But if you're selfish, as far as loving yourself first, it's like putting the mask on in an oxygen situation on a plane. Like put, put your mask on and then help your child. You have to be your best self before you can help others. So figure out your fucking self. I think if we all did that, we Dude. would all come out of it and be like, 
wow, I feel amazing. And everyone would just love each other because they wouldn't care. They'd be like, yep, this is great. This is great. It sounds woo and weird, but nobody does that. They're so concerned with how everybody else looks at them. So scared. So it's so fear-based. Like, ugh, sorry, but. I, nope. Could, so could not agree more. This is the thing. This is the biggest realization uh, that I've played with lately is the tend your own garden. That you fix you and everything else changes. I cannot tell you. <clears throat> if we would have met uh, a year ago, the, the dude sitting right here, that the, was the dude sitting here a year ago, is completely different. You guys just go check out my first yep. episode. Completely different. And it's because I've taken my life by my own hands and gone, you know what? This is my shit now. And that's when you get, you know, because confidence is just a series of successes. And so whenever you realize how powerful you are and you really start enacting these things, that's when you become unstoppable. That's when you're like, you know what? Yeah, this is my reality. This is my universe. It's, it's amazing. I highly recommend, and this is something I'm a proponent of anyway, this is a participatory universe from my perspective. And so I highly encourage everyone to just play around with this stuff. There are simple little fun exercises you can look up online about your telekinetic ability where you can put like a stone. This is a piece of amethyst my wife gave me. And I've never done this before, so it's not going to do it now. But you can focus your mind and do this kind of thing and the bitch will roll off your hand. You can make things move. And it's, you know, just play around with that kind of stuff. My hand got a little hot when I did it. Maybe there's something to it. I'll, I'll work on it. I'll put I'll some videos out there. You how to break clouds up. I know. I, I heard you Ooh, talk about it on this show bars. a while ago. Yeah, yeah. I, so I want to hit that off air. Unless you oh, want to talk about it now. Why no, you? everybody. Now, yeah, that's fine. I know, I know Ben's got to get going soon. He's got work tomorrow. Well, actually, we're going to wrap it up, so I will tell you off air. Uh, if you guys are curious about cloud bursting, write in, and I'll, I'll let you know about it. But, um, guys, thank you so much. We'll wrap it on this, and uh, I'm sure I'll see you again next week for a live or something like that, right? Oh, fuck yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. Thank you so much. Dude, thanks, man. We love you, buddy. Love y'all. Thank you. Yeah, yeah! In Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.